Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. I'm, of course, your host, Chris McPherson, and we are back with episode 9 for 2022. And we have a very big episode to bring to you today. Not one, not two, but three guests covering off on the Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League Denton Engineering Cup, of course. Our stats man returns as well from his well-earned rest to bring you all the uh, best performers from the last round and also the leaderboard for the Junkyard Skips Statsman of the Year. Of course, Junkyard Skips alongside Beaver Brewery, Sharp DS Central Coast and Shipley Meats are all proud supporters and partners of our show who we couldn't bring you the show without. So we really appreciate them and please support the people who support our show. Uh, if you are looking for more of our content, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, League Castle AU on Instagram, League Castle AUS on Facebook. Uh, they're the places to find us and find all of our content, updates, scoreboards. Um, if you follow along with there, you'll keep up to date with all of the local rugby league information and action and uh, you'll be well informed. But as I said today, three different guests coming on as alongside Josh, our co-host, the Stats Man. We will kick off the show with a chat with Western Suburbs Rosella's fullback. Stephen Witt is ahead of his uh, grudge matchup against his old club, South Newcastle, this weekend at Townsend Oval. Also sit down with uh, a returning friend of the show, Aaron Morris, uh, formerly at Belmont South Rabbitohs, now down at Swansea Swans, returning to his junior club. So we'll chat all things B grade in the Newcastle Hunter Comp. We've also got a quick catch-up with former Newcastle Knights player and now... Cardiff Cobras coach, Leo Dinova. So that'll be a great opportunity as well. So a little bit of a chat there with Leo after their draw with Glendale on the weekend out at a soggy Bower Oval. But without further ado, let's jump in and kick it all off with Stephen Witters. All right, it's time to get into the Denton Engineering Cup and we are fortunate enough to be joined by... West fullback Stephen Witters returning to the show. Steve, mate, um, welcome back to League Castle. Yeah, it's good to be back, mate. It's been a while since our last um, set, but yeah. Certainly has, mate. Um, and speaking of it's been a while, mate, it's been a bit of a, a tough start of the season. No wins yet for West, but undoubtedly, you know, you've been quite close a few times and you've got to, I'm assuming the feeling is that it, it's not far away once you can get back on the paddock, uh, rain or yeah. Yeah, that's it. We, um, off to a rough start, as you know, and um, it was the same as last year. We, we dropped our first six and then went on a bit of a run. So I think once we grab our first win, um, I reckon we'll, we'll chag a few um, along the way. Yeah, certainly, as you say, I mean, there's, there's been a couple of schools there that have been um, a little bit um, more open, but you know, a number of games, a bit like last year, where you sort of were in the fight, it's been probably a bit tough the last couple of weeks. Um, prior to that washout with in terms of getting across the try line but you've got, you've got to think again with the opportunity to play you know, you've got that catch up game against Lakes and then Souths to wrap up the first round of the competition that 
um, there's an opportunity there maybe to grab a, a win or two and, and get that momentum coming in and then it'll flow on from there a bit like last year? Yeah, I think so. Like once we get, like I said, that first win, that will give us a bit of confidence leading into the next, uh, the second round of the comp. But uh, yeah, and so that, got to keep working hard, I guess, is try and play for the full 80, I think is the biggest thing. So, Yeah. It's been a bit of a change in the guard too. Quite a number of young players sort of starting to come through and establish themselves in first grade in that squad for you, mate. So that's got to be, I guess, them getting used to that, I guess, repetition and standard of playing that first grade football every week. Yeah, like I think like our average age is probably 22, 23, I reckon. And I kind of know myself and big Jerome are probably the oldest. And yeah, that's would say a bit if like I'm one of the oldest boys there, then we've definitely got a young squad, but. Like you said, like once the boys get a few more games under their belt, they'll know sort of what first day's about, and yeah, they'll they'll be they'll be good to go the back end of the year or, or into next year as well. Yeah, and that's that's probably a, a key piece, isn't it? It is it is a building piece. I mean, it's not. I guess success is something that's a bit of an expectation generally at West, so um, you'd certainly like to get back up amongst it. But it's um, certainly more about that future of the club, and you've got quite a good batch of, of juniors coming through, which is evidenced by some of the results in the lower grades as well. Yeah, like we've, we've got a bit of depth there in our edges and our 19s. They're both going really well at the moment as well. So, but like, it's throughout the comp, there's a lot of experienced players, like a lot of ex-NRL players and whatnot. A few boys played over 100 first grade games in this comp, so there is a bit of experience there. But I feel like, yeah, once the boys get a few games under the belt, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be good to go. I reckon, so, yeah, it's just, I don't know, sort of by now time, get lots of boys, get the reps under their, under their belt, get a, get a cage in the legs, and then, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good for the long run, I reckon. Yeah, certainly, and, and looking at the ladder, I mean, realistically, you've got Cessnock and Wyong on eight, the entrance on six, taking up the spots five through seven, so, with a game in hand on those sides, if you get that win in that catch-up game and, and a couple of other wins as we sort of turn to the midpoint of the season, you're very quickly... Uh, all of a sudden actually in the race for the five, so you're not that far away even though you've had such a slow start. Yeah, like it, it feels like we're like oh, like a long way from from the rest of the, the comp, but yeah, like if you, if we drag it three or four wins together um, and then a few of the other games go um, our way, like we, we could be, uh, you know, there about the semi-finals. So yeah, we just, just really need to get that first win and then we'll be, I reckon, it'll set us up for the back end of the year. Yeah, exactly right. And as we touched on before, mate, as always, those lower grade sides, both sitting in the top three, so um, certainly going to be there when the whips are cracking. So it's uh, good to see that there is some, some good depth there and, and that bodes well for the future as well at West. Yeah, like we've like there's, there's a good mix of uh, Reggie's boys. Like We've got a few older heads there and then we've got all those younger 19s that are playing Reggie's. But even our 19s boys, like we've got a few boys back from ninth and yeah, they're winning, winning games by 40, 40 plus. So yeah, it's looking good. It's looking good throughout the club. Uh, always good to hear, mate, and um, good to see, mate. Uh, I know there's a bit of a running battle usually between you and Tim Christie, mate, and you got another meat pie in your last game. So I'm sure that one's uh, a pretty tightly contested one at the moment. Yeah, well, rumours are he's going over to the green, so I don't know if he's. I haven't been keeping up with the Charlestown boys, but or if he's been playing. But yeah, he's um. Yeah, little 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 Ruby getting around that he's gone to the green, but yeah, it's always good to get one over Tim. That's for sure.
Yeah, lovely, mate. Well, I guess in in terms of those young guys that you're talking about, who has it been in terms of, I guess, the effort? Because it's not easy to continue turning up when the results aren't going away. Who's really impressed you, you know, whether it's new guys coming through in the grades and um, those sorts of things, or, or whether it's some guys that are starting to establish themselves in first grade? Or who are those names that West fans can, you know, keep an eye on all being well for the next, you know, two to five years as, as fixtures in that first grade side, do you think? Uh, well, we had... We had um, uh, we had Wiz last year. Uh, Wiz was, was one. Uh, Will Mann, he was another really stand-up for us last year. Uh, come up from reserve grade and really just blew, like, blew us out of the park. I didn't really expect that from him, but he actually did more. And, yeah, he was killing it towards the back end of last year. Um, we got we got the young Tommy from overseas. He's a, he's a pretty strong uh, nine. So uh, hopefully um, he'll be fine for us as well. But through the juniors, we got like uh, Aiden Story. He's been um, he's had a few first grade games now, and um, uh, Logan Radzovic, He's uh, with the Knights, but he's injured at the moment. But he's probably the probably the one to keep an eye out on if he's not with the Knights because he's a he's a very solid boy. Like he, he can whack, but he's also pretty silky with ball in hand. So. Yeah, probably Rads, I reckon, would be the one to keep an eye out for. Would I be right in saying Logan was the, the young guy that um, kicked the field goal in your grand final win in reserve grade two years ago? Is that Was that him coming through the grades? Yeah, that yeah that was him. And also he uh, kicked the field goal against Gorks last year for us to win it so out there as well. So, yeah, he's a bit of a clutch player when it comes to it, but like I said, he's injured at the moment, so yeah, we'll be very keen to get him back, that's for sure. Yeah, looking forward to getting him back, mate. Well, let's have a look ahead to this weekend. Obviously, the last weekend, you had the uh, the washout with uh, the Lakes game. Harker, like lots of ground, suffering the um, deluges of water that continue to, to hit our area. Mate, uh, yeah. it's, it's a big game for you, it always is. I know you've been out at West for a few years now, but I'm sure you always keep a bit of an eye on this one in the calendar coming up to take on your old club in Souths. Yeah, I always uh, look at the look at the draw at the start of the year and circle that one in. So, um, like last year, they beat us in the barrel, and uh, our second game we 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 put a few points on them at Townsend. So it's always a tough game against South, but especially at Townsend and the form that they're in at the moment, they um they're they're riding pretty high actually. So it's always a tough game, especially against four year old mates, especially big Brendan Simpson the grub. <laughs> yeah, Simo, I love that shout out, mate. Um, and I guess for, for you, if, if if this could be the game that breaks West Stroud, it couldn't be any sweeter. Oh yeah, it just just makes that makes that win a little bit more enjoyable, especially uh, at Townsend. But yeah, it was, it'll be a very tough game. Certainly will be, mate. Um, so in terms of that south side, have you have you seen any of them in terms of action this year? What's going to be the key to you know, shutting down the side, obviously they've much improved on last year. The fact they've got um, Ryan Glanville back on deck's been a huge addition in terms of the consistency of their spine. But what's going to be the keys to, to getting the two points if you can do it at Townsend on Saturday? Yeah, I think I think it'll be uh, like RG and then Iron Mickey Black. If we can shut them two down, Black will go a long way to winning, uh, winning the game, I reckon. Yeah, lovely, mate. Well, two I'll keep going, sorry. Winning them. I went on two boys that are on, like, they're on, they're pretty up the top, so if we can shut them down, especially RG, um, yeah, that'll go a long way to win the game, I reckon. And, mate, you're not, you're not the only one that's got, a, um, I guess, uh, their old club to take on this weekend. Jerome's another one in your colours that um, will probably step up for this one as a South junior as well. Yeah, yeah, we played together 
uh, a while back now, figuring, but um, yeah, I'm, I'll be sure he'll be up for this game, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it'll be a good clash in the middle, I reckon, between the two big boys, him and Brendan. Yeah, certainly they will, uh, won't be taking backward steps either of them. Um, although I did say to Simo last time I saw him, mate, he's starting to look more like a winger than a front rower, so he might have to uh, dig deep, big Simo. I know Jerome's probably uh, got him pound for pound, I reckon, these days. Yeah, yeah, Romeo's a big boy. He's both Simo, but um, yeah, I don't know who would be quick out of the two. They're very, very stuck in the mud kind of players, but um, yeah, Jerome's a big boy and both Simo, but I don't think Simo will take a backward step. It'll be a good battle in the middle. Yeah, it certainly will. And you've got big Frank Paul Nuasala there as well, who's uh, going to add some punch to their side. And, um, you know, you'd have to expect Townsend over at the best of times is uh, can be a bit heavy underfoot. But after all this rain, if you can get on, then it's um, probably more designed for those big bodies rather than the, uh, the the nippy blokes out the back lot yourself, mate. Yeah, that's it. Like, it's a, it's a pretty boggy, pretty boggy uh, field. Like, this year there's a bit of water on it. But I think if there's any more rain, it will just be... Uh, battle of the forwards, so yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to uh, get out of first gear for the back. But yeah, if, if we can um, just hold me in the middle, go get for tap to the forwards, so I can. Uh, we've got enough strike power there with some of the boys we got back from night, um, which will help us, I reckon. Uh, excellent, mate. Good to hear, and we, and we look forward to hopefully seeing you guys getting. Uh, that first win on the board in the not-too-distant future, mate. Before I let you go and uh, rest up, because I know you're just shaking off the last of that flu that's been going around and it's hit a few of the clubs in recent weeks. Mate, we'll just get your thoughts on the other games. You've seen most of the clubs so far this season. Um, we'll start Friday night footy, mate. I, I personally am very excited about there being some Friday night footy uh, in the local comp. Lake's hosting the entrance. First of all, thoughts on um, the opportunity to play under lights on a Friday night for a bit of first grade? Yeah, mate, it, it, it's always good to play like night games, but it does get very cold now, so um, he's at, where's that played at? Where oh, so it's in a car. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be very cold there, but it'll be good to get some bit of Friday night footy back in the top, but uh, yeah, it should be good, should be a good game. Uh, I haven't really seen much of Lake's play, but uh, entrance will be ready to go, I reckon. Entrance, yeah, no worries at all. Well, let's move on, because I know Lake's are the one side that you wouldn't have seen um, in opposition to barring South that you're taking on this week. This one's an interesting one. Cessnock versus Central. Key game for both. Central want to continue to, um, I guess, mount their charge to chase down Maitland. Cessnock sitting on the cusp of that top five in that bunch of three teams. So up at Cessnock on Saturday, this one's probably going to be the least impacted by the rain, but even Baddeley Park's seen better days with all this wet weather. Uh, is it going to yeah. be a butcher boys up there, mate? Um, I know you've got a, a, a few... Um, well, you, mate, the amount of time you've been around this comp, you have a few mates on both sides, undoubtedly, but who do you, who do you think will get this one done? Ah, uh, geez, that's... That's a hard one. Like Charlestown are a quality side. They've got some uh, some strike power in their backs, uh, but it's, it's always tough going up at Cessnock. And I think they've got a few wins under their belt now, especially after last week. But um, yeah, I think um, yeah, I'm gonna have to lean towards uh, Charlestown. Lean towards Charlestown, lovely. The next one. This one's the uh, Bar TV Sports match of the round. The free stream game brought to you by Tui's. It's Curry Bulldogs hosting Wyangroos. Both these sides probably haven't quite got as many wins together as they might have been hoping by this point of the season. Curry sitting, uh, they've got the one win. Wyang just on the cusp of the five as well. It's a big road trip. Curry not an easy place to visit. And it's, again, a bit like Townsend. It's always a bit soft underfoot. So with a bit of water, um, this one will be a fairly physical game, you'd think, uh, up through the middle. Yeah, definitely. Like some Wyong got some very, like some very big boys. And Curry are just that, that tough sort of, tough 
doggy pack sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it should be a good game. I, I think out of the two, Brian and I, they've got some more quality players in their team. Like, their two halves speak for themselves in um, Terrence and what's the other half's name? Is it Barrison that they got play, had playing in the halves? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's him. Like, they're both good players, so... I think yeah they'll get they'll get through and with their nine he's he's very smart at a dummy half so I think uh, Wyong might might get that one in a close one. Yeah, you think so, and uh, it'll be a welcome back to one of his former clubs, to Stevie Gordon. So I'm sure the uh, Curry faithful, he was only there not that long ago, so they'll be giving him a nice welcome back there, uh, and mate, the the crowd's right on top of you, especially on the uh, the non grandstand side there. If you're on the edges, I know you're predominantly a fullback, mate, but you would have, I'm sure, played played on the edge at some point at Curry there, and uh, felt felt and uh, heard the crowd. Yeah, it's um, they're they're very trappy, especially down in that old boys section. Like if you. You don't want to drop the ball down there because I'll let you know about it. But uh, yeah, Stevie, Stevie will be up for that game, I reckon. It'll, it'll be a tough battle with whoever's resting on that on that edge. Well, yeah, you've got him and Henry Penn actually. Both both of them were up there last year, so um, they'll both oh, get yeah. welcome back. So and two very very experienced and talented footballers will be able to handle it. But speaking of experienced and talented footballers, mate, this is this is an absolute cracker. Probably a little surprise. This one isn't the Bar TV match of the round. It is the undefeated Maitland Pickers travelling down to Lyle Peacock Field to take on an informed Macquarie. So this will be a That'd be an absolute cracker, mate. If you weren't weren't playing on the same day, I think a lot of blokes would be getting down to have a look at this one. Yeah, that's, well, I think they're yeah probably the two most expected to make the grand final. But um, yeah, like that, mate, them for quality all over the park. Lynch has got them like firing from from round one. But like playing at well Peacock, it's a, it's a pretty hard pretty hard task, and obviously Toronto have got. Quality like across the park as well, plenty of experience. Yeah, from one to one to seventeen, so big cracking game, mate. I actually, it'll be. I think last year that that game came down to a penalty goal, so yep. um, uh, mate, can't go past Maitland in that one, but. I don't know that'll be that'll be a very close game. I think. I think it'll be close and be low scoring. I think the key thing to look at with both these teams, both averaging, conceding less than nine points a game, or conceding nine points a game. Sorry, so that, that's pretty strong defence. And obviously, we talked about the weather's already going to lend towards that. So it'll it'll be one up the middle. You'd have to think here. Both got plenty of strike on the outside, but they're going to have to really earn the right to get out there. Yeah, that'll be a very physical game. Like obviously, Corps are renowned for being that tough sort of grinding pack, and Maitland. Pretty much the same, so yeah, I think that one will be one up the middle. I think. Lovely, mate. Well, thank you very much again for jumping on the show, mate. Always appreciate having a chat to you about the local footy. Uh, good luck for the weekend, mate. Hopefully, you've shaken the rest of that man flu and you're backfiring a hundred percent. And uh, I'm sure, as I said, you, Jerome, and the boys will be uh, very keen to stick it to the South boys and uh, get your first win of the year. So uh, look forward to seeing that on the on the results in the not too distant future. And uh, hope to catch up with you again during the year, mate. Yeah, no, sounds good, mate. Thanks for having me on, and I'll see you uh, next time. Big thanks to Steve Witters there. We'll now take a short break, and we'll get back to you with our Junkyard Skips Stats Man of the Year Player of the Week results. All right, it's time to welcome back our stats man, Josh Spiegelman, bringing us the Junkyard Skips Stats Man of the Year, the round that was. 
It was a little bit of a lighter week, Josh, which is probably good for you, mate, because you're probably feeling a little bit of jet lag after a whirlwind trip to, over to the UK. Yeah, mate, good to be back. But, uh, yeah, pretty short trip over there, two weeks. I'm pretty much on my last legs now, coming flying back on Sunday, then getting through two big games for a few clubs across Sunday and Monday morning. So here we are Monday evening and any slip-ups, I put it all down to that. Yeah, it's, um, you, you would have been hoping if there's if there's washout games, mate, there could have been a couple a bit more uh, lent in your favour, but it was only the one that you got saved, I think, in the end. Oh, yeah, that's right. But um, I guess I would have been bored otherwise, mate. So, yeah, glad I got to do a damned, couple, I guess, at the end of the day. Damned if you, damned if you don't. But let, let's have a look, mate. Um, as we said, the two games, West versus Lakes and Central versus Curry, both unable to go ahead due to the wonderful, wonderful wet weather that we've been having just ongoing. It's created a real logjam of uh, catch-up fixtures as we were just talking about off the air, mate. It's going to be interesting to see how teams, even though we do have another weekend up our sleeve, uh, obviously that'll likely be a rep weekend as well. Um, normally we'd see the uh, Rebels go and play Illawarra on that weekend. So there's going to be teams that are without players. There's going to be a lot of challenges that go with it, but they're running out of options. And then some of the teams, as we talked about, have got two games to catch up. Yeah, that's right, mate. So as you mentioned, they might push the season back, who knows, a few weeks or some midweek games and one to keep an eye out for the fans and for us involved with, with clubs in the league as well. Yeah, there's so many moving pieces, I suppose, too, if, they, if they're still talking about running that President's Cup finals at the end of the year and now they've got, you know, Ron Massey, they've got the Newcastle Conference, which is essentially President's Cup North. They've got the combined Group 10 and Group 11. I think it's the Peter McDonald. You've got the Mojo Homes Cup, which is the Illawarra. Those four teams can all go and compete, so they need to kind of align them because the last thing, it's bad enough having to play a semi-finals and a grand final after you've already won a grand final, but to do that after two or three weeks off because you're waiting on other comps is going to be even more challenging. So a lot of moving pieces. I'm glad I'm not the one that's playing 3D chess trying to schedule all this stuff. Yeah, me neither, mate. I have enough trouble with the stats each week, so scheduling's a whole other deal, especially if you have to do it manually. So good luck to those people, but I'm sure we'll get um, a full and complete comp, and no matter how it works out, that's all we want after the last few seasons. It certainly is, mate. Well, let's kick it off with Saturday, and the ladder-leading Maitland Pickers took on the high-flying South Newcastle Lions. South had only dropped one game heading into this one, but as it has been all season, Maitland far too classy, 38 points to 10 winners. Uh, again, their back line just absolutely firing. Doubles to Anderson, Sopalola and Bradley back in form and back uh, just put his stamp on the top of the try scorer's leaderboard. But uh, was it was it anything less than what you think many expected? Um, certainly Maitland are, are very classy at the moment, mate. Yeah, they are. Their right edge, especially in this game, was um, really, really impressive, putting on a number of tries down that side. Uh, yeah, as we all know, Maitland are the, the team to beat and they showed why here. I mean, South travelling to a tough venue. No excuse for that scoreline, I guess. I've got some things to work on looking at the stats, but, you know, they've got the players to do it and the improvements they've made already this season. There's no reason why they can't make a few more and, you know, make make the finals like they're on track to do and then trouble some top teams again and who knows where where they'll, they'll, they'll end up. So, um, yeah, you know, things to build, build off for South here. Certainly is. And as you say, you know, like they've got, if they can get through to those finals, it's about getting... If you can get to that big dance, it's only going to take one off game to knock Maitland off and um, or one team right on their money. But like it has been in a number of these comprehensive Maitland uh, victories, mate, the stats points for Junkyard Skips, they were 3-2-1, and one, all men in the black, white and green trim. They were, mate. And um, even the honourable mention as well, I'll just give to two players here, one for each club. Uh, Reid Elchin just missed out on the points for me for Maitland. He had six tackle breaks, three offloads, a forced dropout, which is unusual for him. 
uh, 93% in defence and 118 metres at 9.8 a carry. So great work from Reid there again. And then honourable mention, I thought, I'll just give one to the other side. Uh, Scott Matthews, probably South's best for me here. Um, played second row in this game. He yeah, didn't take a backward step against, as we know, a really tough male on side. He made 40 tackles at 91%, and he won 97% of those completed tackles. So getting back square at marker on his feet um, in that in that sense. So also forced an error. So, yeah, great work by um, Scott Matthews in the beaten side. Yeah, mate, but as, as we said, it was all the uh, all the pickers and uh, most of their backs, no surprise, in a high-scoring affair, picking up the points. It was, mate. Yeah, I would go one, two, three here. So one point in third place. We'll go Chad O'Donnell. Um, three try assists, a further try contribution, uh, two line break assists, three offloads and a tackle break there for Chad. Um, two points, we're going to go to Gary Anderson, who had one of the best halves of football I've seen in the first half. He had, but this is his full game stats, but two tries, seven tackle breaks, a line break, a line break assist, a try contribution, 141 metres at 17.6 metres a carry, which is huge. That's a fair showing to not pick up the three points, mate, but it was a, uh, well, he's, he's a bit of a favourite around the podcast and uh, he stands out out there. He's filled in a couple of different spots in the back line for them this year and he's starred no matter what position or jersey he's been in. Yeah, that's right, mate. Matt Sopalula, really important to, to how Malin run their side, whether it's in it's centre or fullback like he was today. In there, he wore number three. Um, so, yeah, he, he managed two tries as well. 183 metres, four line breaks, one line break assist, a try assist, six tackle breaks and an offload. So I just made a quick little macro on Excel and plugged in his stats according to the super coach and he would have scored you about 143 points based on the stats I collate. So really handy day at the office there for Matt. Chuck the C next to the man in the white headgear. He said he'd do it himself, mate, so I'm guessing other people would too. Yeah, he's, he's good to see he's modest. Uh, <laughs> no, a very good, very strong performance, and he's, he has been a really key contributor this year for Maitland uh, in their really strong start to the season. Uh, let's move along to the other game on Saturday, and this one was an absolute cracker. It was Wong that got out to the start, but the uh, Scorps, they reeled them back in and uh, certainly show that they are uh, are a team to be, I guess, con- to contend for the title and uh, to be considered in those calculations. Running out winners in a narrow one, 18 points to 16, and uh, plenty of strong showings and um, a few names that have been tossed about a bit before the show, all featuring amongst the points. That's it, mate. Yeah, two point, big two points for the Scorps. Yeah, I feel like they still haven't put a full 80 minutes together, which is pretty scary considering where they sit on the ladder and the results they've had so far and take nothing away from Wyong. They've obviously impressed us all this season and, you know, they're likely to make the finals based on this form too. So we'll just move into the points or first the honourable mention. Uh, really unlucky there for Luke Higgins, just missing out uh, for me. 33 tackles, four tackle busts, three offloads, 167 metres. Likely would have got a point in another game. Uh, we'll move on to the one point first to um, Scorp centre, Callum Briggs. He scored a try, had a line break, 139 metres at 10.7 and carry which topped the team and three tackle busts. It's a strong showing and uh, not the first of the Briggs to feature in our points since we uh, incepted this uh, series last year, mate. Uh, but he's uh, certainly showing the new generation are going to be up there in terms of ability with the old generation. But talking about people that have featured before, it's a, uh, I believe last year's defending champion might be our, our three-point winner today. He is, mate, but um, we'll, we'll just touch on the two-point winner. We'll take nothing away from why I'm here. With, I did uh, skip Luke over. Gardner. Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself. No, yeah. something, something against Luke there, but no, no, nothing against him. He had a great game. Uh, yeah, scored a try, two line breaks, 
uh, an eight tackle bust. Obviously, I don't do the stats for Wyong, but just noting the big key moments there and tracking some tackle bust, which are easy to track for, for those key players. So well done to Luke there. Yeah, certainly he's been um, he's probably been one of the key pieces to Wyong and their form so far this year. So. Uh, but as I said, I gave it gave it away. I uh, went off early, which is you know something I've been prone to do previously. But we'll leave that to a, a another podcast on a different topic. Uh, three points to the uh, the defending champion. Yeah, and I think this is first points of the stat man of the year season. Looking at the lengthy list here, so um, he's left it late, but obviously he can still make a great run. So he started off three points, none other than Royce Jeffries. Um, two tries, two line breaks, four tackle busts. Just under 100 metres of, of not too many carries, but 95% in defence as well against uh, a pretty strong wild back line. So those two meat pies got him over the edge for me for those three points. And well done to Royce. Yeah, good to see him back in the tri-scorer's circle. Um, a dangerous Royce Jeffries is, is a good sign for Macquarie. And as you say, I'm sure they've got plenty of uh, room to continue to build on that victory and, and will look to do so next round uh, when they have that opportunity to uh, take on Maitland in what promises to be an absolute cracker. But uh, in the interim, mate, uh, we did have one game get ahead on Sunday, and it was the Cessnock Goennas heading down to Edsac Oval at the entrance, and they certainly found their top gear again. They've been a little bit topsy-turvy this year, Cessnock. At their best, they look like they can absolutely match it with anyone. They just haven't been able to quite gel that together, and Harry Saker will probably be scratching his head as to where that consistency's at, but I'm sure he'll be very happy with a comfortable two points. 28-4 to four winners uh, over the entrance down there is um, certainly a very... He'd be a very happy coach taking those two points. Yeah, he definitely would be, made and um, good momentum there going into the next round, which other they play central. Obviously, had the washout game this way, but a very strong side, so good for them to get back in the winner's column in the entrance. Yeah, they drop a game. Um, yeah, not a great effort showing by them in this match, but I'm sure they'll be... They'll be ready to re, uh, bounce back next week. They got Lakes, who also had the week off with the, the washout game, so I could go either way. That that one, um, yeah. If we just move, uh, I guess, to the points here, no surprise that Cessnock players get the one uh, three two one. So we'll just start with the one point two Cessnock's edge back row. Reed Hugo scored the try, um, line break, one line break assist, one try contribution. Um, two points to um, half Sam Clune to Cessnock. One try assist, one line break assist. One try contribution, one line break contribution, and thanks to Harry O'Brien for pointing out two forty twenties uh, through Instagram, which I didn't see obviously because I don't watch the full games for these clubs. Um, so two points to Sam there, and three points to um, Peter Godinay. Um, two try assists, one line break, one line break assist, one try contribution, one line break contribution. So Godinay really getting his hands on the ball there in key situations and getting some plays over the line. Might have to. Uh line Harry up with an official business card as the assistant statsman, I think, mate. Uh, he's always chiming in with some different pieces, so uh, he's all about it. But, uh, yeah, well done by Peter Godner. He's been really strong for Cessnock so far this year, and good to see him claiming the maximum points on the weekend in some challenging conditions, which probably would suit someone who's you know got some ball playing ability but can also roll up their sleeves and get through some work in the middle. So uh, very well done to him, and... Some of those point getters, as you said, there's some teams with a couple of games in hand, but some of those point getters certainly liven up the, the leaderboard, mate. So we might have a bit of a, a run through where the leaderboard, thanks to Junkyard Skips, sits. And, of course, Junkyard Skips, reach out to them via Facebook for all your skips and rubbish removal needs. Uh, we might just run through from the sixes, mate. I might do the evens and you can do the odds if you like. Sounds good. 
So on six points, we've got Lewis Hamilton from South. We've got Cameron Spider-Anderson from Central, Fletcher Kennedy from Central, and Baden Searle from Macquarie. So they're all sitting there in equal sixth on six points. That's nice and poetic. That's it, mate. And seven points to two players. Uh, James Bradley, who you know could have scored, got a point this round, but you know his teammates are, are very strong, so hard to get a point in that side. He sits on seven, as does Luke Sharp, who moves up to seven as well for Wyong. So... Yeah, he's, um, he's really moved up the leaderboard and shows why he's so important to, to the Roos. Certainly has, and he's closing in on his Wyong clubmate, the two equal leaders before this round, uh, Mitch Williams from Wyong, the, the number nine and the captain coach there, as well as Kai Cooper, who had a blistering start of the season, both on eight points, but they've been superseded for the lead, mate, now. They have. Yeah, they have indeed, mate. So, yeah, Matt Sopalula off the back of his great match on the weekend. Um, against South, he's now on nine points. So the outright leader, obviously early days, and he's only one point clear of a few players. And, you know, we only went from six points and up, but we go down the leaderboard and um, 67 players have now notched a point, I'm pretty sure. So, um, you know, any one of those players can still make a run and a few players who haven't even notched a point yet could still still take the title. So exciting times. We're not halfway through the comp yet. Um, and it'd uh, be good for these players, you know, to maybe get that cash prize for their charity as well. Yes, certainly, mate. Again, thanks to Junkyard Skips. We do have that opportunity. $150 prize for the winner as well as $150 to a charity of their choice. That's an increase on last year's prize money, which is great to see. Um, but it's certainly, as you say, plenty of people there. And you just got to have a look at, you know, we're not even halfway through the season. Some of the teams have still got uh, the best part of two-thirds of their season ahead of them. So, uh, I mean, realistically, if you're sitting on three points now, which is an absolute plethora of players. You're all within striking distance. I mean, you'd be a brave man to even write off someone like last year's winner, Royce Jeffrey. He could quite easily go on a run. We saw him go on a couple of patches last year um, and, you know, go on a bit of a charge. And I think the winner last year won with, again, we had the COVID buy points for those washed out or, or the COVID cancelled games. And the, the winning tally was 19 and a half. I have a feeling it might be a little bit higher than that this year, mate, the way we're tracking. Yeah, it could be. It could be indeed. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at last year's leaderboard, but we did have about 101 players, not your point last year, but there were a select few at the top that um, kind of run away with it at the end there. But I'm thinking this year might be might be closer at the top with a few players even maybe superseding that 19.5 points I think we, we gave Royce at the end. Yeah, that's it. I think I think we, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to go about a 23 to 24 point winning total this year, I reckon. We'll watch and see. But again, it all of these totals and all of these leaderboards and the prizes we talked about before are all thanks to Junkyard Skips and, of course, to the hard work of the man that I'm talking to, Josh Spiegelman, our stats guru. Mate, uh, you'd certainly be a happier man as well while we've got you. The Knights, um, while they didn't win against Brisbane on the weekend, a little bit better form when you combine that in with the Bulldogs' result as well. So are they turning a corner? Are the Knights turning a corner? Are the Knights turning a corner? Is, is the form getting any better or was that just a, a positive blip on the radar against a very bad Bulldog side? Uh, the form's getting a bit better, I'd say, mate, but the resilience aspect is still, you know, lacking there. You know, a few bad bounces and calls go against us and we fall apart against the Broncos and, you know, losing players like best to those gruesome injuries. I'm just wondering when the injury luck's going to turn to. I, I did see Braley's actually back on the training paddock as of this week, running around, which is positive signs. But, yeah, I just, I just don't think we're cut out for the top eight this season, mate. But, yeah, I think we've got enough to avoid the spoon, which at this stage is, is what I'm worried about. Yeah, well that, that's probably the key. And, you know, you've got to take the small wins. I, I certainly, you know, watching that game the other night, I certainly thought that, uh, 
while he wasn't, you know, breaking anything apart, Anthony Milford looked like, like a positive addition, which that was a question mark whether he was even going to be a positive addition to the side. Yeah, no, he brings experience and a little bit of an X factor, even though looking across the park, you know, Ezra Mann's probably the, I guess, the new kind of exciting Milford-esque player, but we'll take that experience in Milford. And, you know, I think Clifford came back in the New South Wales Cup and put on a good show. So who knows what um, O'Brien's going to do tomorrow when the team lets get, get revealed. And, yeah, my fingers crossed. Um, yeah, we, we bounce back, but it's, it's not going to be easy going even against the Warriors this week. You know, they're, they're, who knows how they're going to turn up as well. They're a very hard team to predict. They certainly are. Well, it's nice to have some options in one of the positions at least because, as you said, the Knights decimated by injury and uh, most of our fans, even the ones that aren't Knights fans, I think would like to see them get back in the winner's circle. But again, mate, thank you for bouncing back. Speaking of bouncing back, bouncing back from your short turnaround holiday to jump on the show this week and you've kept all the stats up and fed them through to me over the break, which I appreciate, mate. Uh, Again, great to have you back on board and, and we look forward to chatting with you again next week about all things stats. Thanks to our mates at Junkyard Skips. Sounds good, Chris. That's awesome. And yeah, hopefully get some more followers on Instagram. We're growing that uh, platform now to hit 700. So yeah, it's good, good. And hopefully all those all those new fans follow their respective clubs too. And we, we just increase that exposure for the, for the comp. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I'm thinking there just, and, and this is an exclusive straight off the top, we might have some sort of little giveaway if we can get to a thousand before that rep weekend. So there we go. There's there's the challenge. So get out there, share it with your friends. Make sure you you're regramming and sharing our stories, especially if you're featuring. A lot of the boys like to do that. The clubs are doing it as well. So get us up to a thousand followers, and we'll find something that's a, a decent giveaway, something with a nice tie into the local footy um, community for for one of the random followers that's there. So we'll come up with something between the uh, the brains trust or the peanut galleries, whatever you like, of myself and Josh. What do you reckon, mate? Yeah, that sounds good, mate. It's a good idea. Always good to increase that engagement. Yeah, lovely. All right, well, we'll let you get back to your uh, recovering so you can get back to the uh, 9 to 5 tomorrow, mate. Again, thank you, and uh, we will chat to you next week. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. All right, it's time to get into the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League, and we're fortunate to have... In a way, two guests. We've got uh, our main guest, who is the uh, the biggest name in in B grade that we're talking to tonight, uh, Aaron Morris. But later on, we will also be joined for a quick snippet from the one and only Leo Dinover, the new coach of the Cardiff Cobras. But first of all, Chop, there's you know not much to overcome there to, to be the big name, you know, versus Leo Dinover, the man that guided the Knights to the '97 Grand Final. Yeah, unlucky dinner suit, spilling. Yeah, mate. I tell you what, he's still look, still looking mobile enough that he could he could probably pull on the boots and. I know based on some of the other blokes that are wandering around in, in B grade for cameos at the moment, it's you know probably not that much age difference. I know Windale pulled out some uh, some fossils the other day, mate. Oh, mate. If Robbie Payne can run out there at 140 kilos, I reckon Leo will be doing all right. <laughs> and, well, mate, Forbes, he's still playing for Glendale as well, and he's about 63 in the shade, I think. So, um, yeah, yeah there's, there's plenty of them going around. But, mate, speaking of... Uh, People, people at an advanced age and uh, still wondering in B-grade, mate. Yourself and a couple of boys, uh, Belmont South, unfortunately, no more after some player movements and uh, you've headed back home to Swansea. Yeah, mate. It was a bit bit hard up, Belmont, because I just never really have any local juniors push through. Like They should push through to play for Lakes, first and foremost, and we just sort of uh, got too old and the boys kept dropping off every year. And Yeah, it was just got a bit too much to try and get some numbers this season. I played most of my juniors out at Swansea, so it's good to go back there and finish off, hopefully finish off, get a good season done. Sucked a bit last year with the COVID stopping it. 
hopefully just rain that stuff this season. Yeah, hopefully. I was talking to someone that's um, pretty close to the board the other day, and they're certainly weighing up. You know, the options to push the finals a week or two, which would be great to see because you don't want to see you know um, any asterisks or marks. You want to see everyone get it if possible all, all 16 of their scheduled games in and uh, head into the finals. Those teams that deserve to be there and uh, get a final series out after the last two years we've had. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's out of everyone's everyone control, but mate, uh, just see what happens. It is. We just need to do those anti-rain dances. And, uh, mate, before we wrap up on the Belmont South, mate, uh, is, is there any truth in the rumour that once Scott Hartley left, that was the uh, dissipation of the club? Or Yeah, mate. Once Scott Hartley's hair started falling out of the rate and not, so I think he just thought, you know what, I'm sick of being laughed at, at me hair, let alone my footy ability. So <laughs> he just um, packed up and he hides down at Goulburn now where no one actually knows him. So he's at his house all day, so no one laughs at him or heckles him in the street. He'd be feeling a bit better about himself, I'd say. Surely down there, though, they realise that he's another one of those New South Wales-born Queensland-following flogs. Yeah, I don't think he gets out too much, mate. He's, he's probably pretty quiet down there. We might uh, send a, a messenger pigeon down there or something. Smoke signals. Let the people around him know what they're living with. Yeah, right. No, we'll, we'll leave that for leave that for Origin time. We might get in, get get a bit of an Origin special, and we can all lay the boot into him. But anyway... Mate, uh, yeah, it's always fun. Now, now that you're back down at Swansea, I think you know there's a couple of others that have uh, returned or after some time off or being at other clubs yourself. Uh, obviously, Cade, I think, has gone down there as well. And there's a couple of the other boys that have, that have you know either rejoined from, as I said, retirement on top of that young core they've already had. So I can imagine there's some good numbers and some good culture down there in 2022. Yeah, it's good, mate. I'm actually enjoying it. Take a backwards step and just uh, worry about playing footy. And like I said, I don't know... They are pretty young. I think they're all like around 23 and that, but they're all pretty fired up and motivated and they don't make you feel too old because they, they get the Yahoo and the backpats going and it's been enjoyable actually. They get like 20 odd, 25 players down there for training every night, which is good. We're only really getting six or seven to Belmont. So yeah, it's so. been a good change and it's a pretty well-run club down there. It's always been a pretty well-run club. It's been fairly enjoyable so far. Hopefully we can uh, keep going. Yeah, mate, and take a bit of load off your shoulders, not having, you know, you can take a step to, you know, being a bit more of a, a lock or a, or a second row with the bot boys as well as Cade and some of those others down there in the middle, mate, taking a little bit of middle time away from you, are they? Yeah, Bob's been off. He hasn't played a game yet. He he went away to get married, so um, he's been trying to get back for the last two weeks. We've been washed out. And uh, young John O. Walsh was supposed to come back this weekend, but washed out again, so I think I'll be able to, yeah, cut the minutes back a bit and, Spend some more time on the sidelines laughing as opposed to getting bashed out there at 36. Yeah, I was going to say, both you and I are well past the um, the age to be uh, fully involved in the game of rugby league these days. So, you know, just, just yeah. that cameo involvement as you needed, a bit of experience and wisdom. Mate, I was sore till Friday after the first game. I couldn't swing the sledgehammer all week. Oh dear, mate. And that's, you know, at least I've, I've got the advantage uh, that I don't need to worry about those things if I'm to go back out there. So, although my, my cameo to uh, as many people saw on social media to pulling the boots back on didn't go too well the other week. Uh, playing union and two broken ribs and six stitches in my eyebrow later. Hopefully you're uh, faring much better than that, mate. Yeah, obviously, as you were saying, mate, um, you know, being back down there, you've missed the last couple of games, though. So that's been a bit of a challenge with getting a flow on. But certainly looking at the early results, you'd be right amongst the pace setters. Yeah, it's a good, pretty good squad down there, mate. We've um, like missing Bob to start the season. I think we've had a few other boys out and young Leif, the fullback. He went down in the first game, so um, there's some pretty good signs there. Got a bit of talent down there. Some of the young lads actually shocked me. They're not really that big in frame, but they they wake up and have a go. So it's um, it's pretty exciting actually. I'm really enjoying it down there. 
Yeah, mate, good to see him out there. Good, good to Just see him. Just got to get him on the park at the right time of year, I think. Yeah, that, that's going to be the key. And, it, and it's such a close-run thing at the moment, that competition. Obviously, it's hard to judge with a lot of teams. I mean, Coral Qatar has only played one game uh, through to Shortland. They've managed to get through all five of theirs. But you're sitting, you know, one game behind Windale, two points behind them. Uni are the pace setters there, uh, I think. At this stage, the only well, they and Qatar are the only undefeated teams. But as I said, Qatar only played the one game. Bizarre that they're undefeated yeah. and sitting eighth out of nine teams. But that's just the way it all works out. But there's plenty of good sides. Obviously, Shortland, you know, they were right up there last year. Uni, we've seen what they can do. Windale, we know, especially. And you would have been looking forward to that local derby on the weekend had it got on. And and I think Qatar, Glendale and Cardiff, they were both fairly physical on the weekend. Um, so realistically, you know, and Northern Lakes, obviously an A-grade side last year. Curry and A-grade side last year, there's probably no one that you get there and you can put a line through at this point. So it's all about getting some consistency in games together at the moment. Yeah, pretty much, mate. I went down North Lakes the other year in that 2020 year and I know a few of the boys that are in that squad still, so I wouldn't be writing them off at all. They probably had a pretty tough trot with trying to get in the training paddock and get in games down there because obviously it's a bit wetter down there. But I think um, if they can get on the park and that, they're going to be pretty tough to beat, but just looking at the comp, when I first looked at it, that's it is a pretty strong comp for a B grade comp. It's like an old A grade comp, really. So I guess anyone turns up on the day, it's, it's anyone's. Like Shorty actually had us on toast. They took the two with twenty to go. I reckon if they had it, took the tap, they'd probably go on and, and beat us comfortably the other week. But we got a bit lucky there to run away with a late, couple of late tries. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see those, those pivotal moments too in, in quite a few games. Talking to a few people that have either been at games, refereed, or been involved in these games recently. There's been those opportunities that could be turning points, and they've gone one way or the other. And you know, if but if nothing epitomises the the closeness of the competition, anything more than two games got on on the weekend, and both of them were draws. Uh, so yeah. twelve all Northern Lakes versus Shortland, fourteen all Glendale versus Cardiff. Uh, that one was played in absolutely atrocious conditions, and I can't imagine that Gumboy Oval on Friday night was anything much better. So um, real grinding footy, but uh, mate, that's that's suiting to the B grade style, but. What we'll do, mate, because I do know you've got got a dash shortly. I'll get some quick thoughts on you from you in terms of a couple of young guys to watch that people might not know much about from Swansea, and then we'll have a quick look ahead at this weekend's footy touching wood that it'll get on. So, mate, we obviously know about you know some of those names that have been out there before, but who are the ones that have probably surprised you that you think you know they've got a bit of a future in the local competition over the next few years and continue to wear that Swansea jersey proud as you've done previously and are doing again? Um. One fella actually shocked me a bit. He's not a real big frame, but when we played Shorty the other week, they had a pretty hard run in front row, and he, he leveled me. He ran straight over the top of me, and he took a kick off and ran straight at JJ. He's a little centre out there, and he hit him like a front rower. I couldn't believe it was him when he got up that hit him, but he's a pretty strong ball runner, pretty good on his feet and that. Um, yep. Young race, the fullback, he looks all right, but he hurt himself in the first game, so I'm pretty keen to see how he goes uh, when he comes back. I think he's still a few weeks away. Pretty good on his feet and that. Pretty good talker. And like the captain coach, Jakey, he's pretty good. He just had a um, little baby girl the other week, so he's just having some time away while they settle in. So it's been a bit hard because we haven't really had, what have we had, two or three games. Um, the first game we had a few outs. A few of the young forwards put their hand up, but um, what's his name? Craney, the back rower. He's only yeah. a little fella, but he plays well above his weight. He's, he's really impressed me out there as well. So it's... Um, it's a pretty good year looking ahead. But once we get Bopper back, and like I said, John O. Walsh, he'll be a pretty handy addition to the team. And then if Ryan comes back later in the year with his name, that becomes a pretty uh, good forward rotation. So it's, there is some good young talent out there, and they do rip in. So it's pretty exciting times. 
Good to see, mate. Good to see that Swansea's uh, strong. They were a good side last year. Obviously, a bit of experience, as we talked about, added to them. And, you know, how can a club go wrong when they've got Gozzi running around behind the scenes doing all the magic that he does? Yeah, he loves it, doesn't he? He certainly does. Every club needs them, mate. They, they go underappreciated, them sort of people, mate. They do. The yeah. amount of work they put in behind the scenes, I don't think, I don't think some people actually realise it. No, they just, just do, it, do it off their own bat. They don't get paid anything for doing it, so... I think he's I worn every, that sort of effort. He's worn every hat, hat there is to wear in rugby league and he'll continue to do so and do anything that's asked of him to make sure that club continues to thrive, which is great to see. And on top of that, he's one of the nicest blokes. When he's not heckling me when I was wearing a pink shirt, but then again, you know, who hasn't done that? But he's one of the nicest blokes you'll meet around Newcastle and rugby league, Gozzi. So uh, always happy to see him around. Who you, you go and spend a weekend with him up at uh, Gold Coast? Yeah, right. In a pen out. <laughs> then, then you might see a different side of him. If he, ever, if he listens to this, he'll know what I'm talking about. I've seen him enough drinks deep when I used to work at Caves many moons ago, so I can only only begin to imagine. But anyway, we'll move on from that, mate, because I know you've got a dash, dash in a minute. Um, let's run through this weekend's games and just get a tip from you on each of them. We'll start, obviously, with the... Uh, well, it's a Southern Derby. It's Swansea hosting Northern Lakes at Parbury, mate. Um, obviously a Swansea win, but it'll be, a, as you said, you know quite a few of the boys on the other side there, so there'll be no love lost, and I'm sure you'll get some special attention. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if Brian, uh, um, Brendan Fletcher's out there for... Northern Lakes, I'll be keeping my on where he is in the defensive line because I won't be running anywhere near him. I'll probably just, I'll probably run decoys while he's out on the field. I think you might you might still but get yeah, no, up. I, I reckon it'll be. I think it'll be a tough game. Um, if Fletch and Billy play in the middle, and they've got some pretty handy backs with Mitchie and Overs and Badger that out there, so I definitely I definitely won't be taking them lightly. I think it'll be a pretty tough eighty minutes out there, but um, the boys seem to lift at Swansea. They've got a pretty good record out there, so. I'm hoping that they can uh, just dig in and we can walk away with the victory because winner's piss tastes a lot better. Lovely. The next one up, mate, we'll uh, jump up to Curry Curry Sports Ground and Cardiff will head up there. They'll they be a bit dirty going away with just the one point from Glendale. I, I know from talking to Leo, who we'll um, jump to at the end of your interview, mate, uh, he certainly thought they had some, some of the better of the running there but couldn't get the two points and they've been close a couple of times. Curry a bit of a, an unknown quantity because you just don't know who's getting pulled up into the grade sides. Can you see Cardiff upsetting them up there at the graveyard? Yeah, I can, mate. I can. We played Curry at home the other week and I think a few of them were saying that they were struggling for numbers. Um, I think they had a few of the Reggie's boys playing, maybe. Yep. So, Cardiff's Cardiff. They always just seem to dig in and I think like, we, were, we were beating them 18-6 and they didn't give in. They come back and ended up beating us by a try of 22-18 or something, I think. So, They've got some handy players out there. I just think that Curry's probably going to struggle a bit because um, I think they lost a couple of players in first grade, which is going to affect them as well. So I'll take Cardiff on the road there. Yeah, certainly. And if it is Saturday, as it's showing on the league site, then they won't be able to double up because they're at home on Saturday for grade as well. Um, next up, mate, we've got yeah. Glendale taking on short. And this one will be a bit of a grudge match. And uh, I fear I would... It would be fair to say this one will be fairly physical, I think, out at Bower Oval. I'll be surprised if they can get on at Bower Oval, so this one might end up being over at Tuxford if they get on. Yeah, mate, I don't know too much about Glendale, other than like they picked up Jerome and a few of the Carter boys, but I think um, after playing Shorty the other week, Jerome might have a bit of a day out wide if they can get the ball to him, so I'll take Glendale there, mate. Lovely, mate. And the last one... The mystery side, Katara, they, uh, we've only seen them once. I'll take on, well, it's the two undefeated sides, technically. Katara taking on Uni. Um, Katara, a little bit of a dark horse. Uni, the pace setters at the moment, mate. Do you see Uni continuing on their run, or will it be Katara getting their second win of the season? I'll probably stick with Uni there, just more for the fact that they've been on the field and played a couple of matches to get that match fitness. 
it's pretty hard at this time of year to only have one game and come up against a team that's probably been training their ass off because they're all young and fit. And um, just having that game time under your belt at this time of year is a pretty big, it's a pretty big advantage, I think. The lungs start burning pretty early when you just start, I think. So I'll take uni to stay undefeated. Yeah, it's certainly it's never easy coming up against uni. They're always they always feel seem to have that extra leg of fitness on most other teams because they're young and you know they've got a bit more sprightly. But if you you know one game versus four under your belt, it makes a bit of a difference too, as you say. So you'd think they'd go yep. in warm favourites. So mate, we appreciate you giving up some of your time. I know you got a dash, so thank you again. Good luck this weekend. Uh, one to get on the field, but two to uh, chalk another two points. And uh, mate, look forward to catching up with you around the traps for a uh, blue can in the not too distant future. No worries, mate. Cheers. Big thanks to Aaron Morris there, uh, now out at the Swansea Caves Swans. Uh, he's been a good addition out there, and we look forward to seeing the Swansea continue their surge up towards the top of the ladder in the B-grade competition. Speaking of the B-grade competition, after the draw between Cardiff and Glendale on Saturday, we were fortunate to be caught up with uh, former Newcastle Knights first grader Leo Dinover, who's now coaching the Cardiff Cobras, uh, and had a little chat just about how he's been finding his time at Cardiff and how he sees the side travelling. Right, we're here at Bow Oval with Cardiff coach Leo Dinova. Leo, mate, um, you've come on board at Cardiff now. How are you enjoying uh, getting back involved in the local footy? Yeah, mate, it's been really nice. Look, um, family connection there at the club. I uh, went there last year to watch them and just want to be involved in footy again and got the opportunity to, you know, to coach, so I, I thought I'd just put my hand up and come down. And today, obviously, really tough conditions. A draw against Glendale. Probably not quite the result you wanted, but an improvement on, on some recent weeks where you've had some tough losses. Yeah, look, look, the conditions didn't suit both sides. Uh, if we had a broad track, we probably would have seen some entertaining footy. But nevertheless, look, the game was pretty tough. Uh, played up the middle. Um, very soft under, uh, under feet. But, yeah, look, the result was, uh, I guess, expected. Um, considering the both teams playing the way they were. But yeah, mate, nice to, uh, I guess, be involved in footy and you know, the guys are, you know, obviously feeling the aftermath of the, the wet game today. Yeah, so mate, um, I guess looking forward to the next few weeks, is there sort of a, a plan to put in place? What are the keys to continuing to build and start to get some more wins? Yeah, look, not not too much, mate. Look, the, the guys are, I'm coaching there, they're pretty accomplished in the, the footy ranks and they're playing footy for a while. This is just how we, uh, I guess, manage that and how we get the best out of the players every week. Um, not much, too much to uh, to go on, but just enjoy the footy, make sure they enjoy it, and you know, they, they get some fulfilment out of it. Yeah, and this B-grade competition, obviously, it's, it's a pretty tight-held thing. You've had a couple of, as I said, a couple of close losses now, a draw. Has there been a side you've seen at the moment you think is a standout, or you think it's really throw a blanket over it and anyone, if they can get a few wins together, can really give it a shake? Yeah, look, I haven't looked at the comp in that depth, mate. I just sort of had, this is my second week with the club. Um, I'm sort of trying to figure out how the boys are, how they want to play. Um, I haven't seen too much about any other team, only when we're playing them. But, yeah, I guess it's about getting our, <clears throat> our team in order, um, the club in order, to make sure that we can be competitive throughout the rest of the year. Lovely. Well, thanks. Good luck for the rest of the year, mate, and hopefully we can catch up with you guys heading deep into the finals. No worries, mate. Appreciate it. That just about brings us to a close for episode nine of season four of League Castle. A big thanks for tuning in. A big thanks, of course, to our guests, Aaron Morris, Steve Witters, Leo Dinova, and of course, the evergreen and, and great to have back Josh Spiegelman, our stats man, brought to you by Junkyard Skips. Again, like we talk about in the intro, please support the 
uh, businesses that do support our show and support rug- local rugby league. We've got Junkyard Skip supporting us. We've also got Beaver Brewery, uh, Shipley Meats up at Rutherford and Sharp DS Central Coast all on board supporting our podcast, supporting local rugby league. So it'd be great if you could support them. Again, follow through on our social channels to keep up to date with all of your local footy news and action that we have on board. League Castle AU on Instagram, League Castle AUS on Facebook. Uh, make sure you do get out and enjoy the local footy this weekend. Touch wood that we can get out there with the weather. Uh, make the most of it when we can get those games on at the moment because they're going to be uh, a little limited and a little challenging. So it'll be interesting to see how the season continues to play out. But great that we can get some footy action on. Uh, a big thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to bringing you another episode next week. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lead Castle, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League.